Oh boy, here we go. My favorite topic in the hobby on the face of God's green earth, wrestling rookie cards. All right, clearly I'm being sarcastic. Welcome to Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan, and this is one of the most heated topical debates that you can find in the wrestling card hobby, and that is, what exactly is a wrestling rookie card? Most think of a rookie card as the first card featuring a person. When you look up Beckett's definition of a rookie card, it states it must be an officially licensed, nationally distributed product. I think most people probably in the world of trading cards, including wrestling, would tend to agree with this. But the thing with wrestling is that there are so many fringe, oddball, just weird different types of wrestling cards and collectibles out there that people have also started calling rookie cards. And you know what? The market seems to agree with that. We have seen crazy prices and sales on gaming cards, trading card games, or board games, or card games featuring wrestler images. We've seen a lot of sticker prices going up. We've seen a lot of wrestling cards featured in food or consumer products going up. And while I used to be in the camp that believes in the traditional rookie card rule, I have since really changed my mind on that. I interviewed David Peck, which you can go check that on that out on my YouTube channel, or you can go check it out here in the archives. And David was one of the first people that I knew of that said, just buy them all. And you know what? That really struck a chord with me. And that's how I started operating. I continued buying what many in the wrestling card world saw as the rookie card, But then I also started buying and looking at some of the cards, some of that fringe stuff that just looked awesome and I thought it was undervalued for how rare it is. At this point in the hobby, I don't think anything is off limits. Anything can happen in this market. It's crazy. Take The Rock, for example. We've seen his football card go for $90,000, which is technically his first card. We've seen his Panini sticker now sell for around $33,000 by Rob England. Shout out, Rob. And then there's the classic 1997 Cardinal Trivia Game card of The Rock, which is still very popular. Yet, the pack pullable cards outside of the autographs, which by traditional rules would be the rookie card because it's pulled out of a pack, those are lagging behind in price and in popularity. But like I said, in today's market, anything could happen. We could wake up tomorrow and these 98 comic image base cards could be $30,000. Nothing would surprise me anymore. But then this is exactly why I tell people not to get so wrapped up in what is the rookie card and the rookie card debate. We can all do our best to buy what we think the market thinks is the rookie card to own. But, you know, ultimately, if you can afford it, take the David Peck approach and just buy them all. Hedge your bets. Or just buy the one that you think is the most enjoyable, the one that you like the most. After all, it is your collection. And then to touch on one more pet peeve of mine, since we're talking about rookie cards, and that's the fact that not everything in wrestling cards has to be a rookie card or rookie-focused to be valuable or worth owning in your collection. While I like to claim that the mainstream hates wrestling cards and half the wrestling fans aren't even interested in wrestling cards, it's hard to deny, you can't deny, the popularity and the prices of wrestling cards 
has seen a steady increase over the past year or so. And with that being said, we've seen wrestling cards that aren't rookie cards actually surpass the prices of some of the true rookie cards. In my opinion, rare and scarce cards will always have an upwards trajectory when it comes to value. It's a simple supply and demand issue. And here are just a few examples of the rare and scarce compared to rookie cards that I'm talking about. Let's look at the 85 Tops Hogan. Many consider this the rookie, so I, you know, we'll save the debates. That's what a lot of people consider, so we'll save it as that. So look at the sales of those, and we've seen a dip. We've seen prices go down on raw for sure, but also graded copies have gone down. Meanwhile, we've recently saw some Hulk Hogan Precious Metal Gem PMG, which was exclusive to Upper Deck employees, and there's only 125 of them. We've seen a couple of those sell now, and those are selling for more than the rookie cards. So then you have to, like, what is more valuable? I say buy both. Another example, the Undertaker 1991 Classic cards, seen by many as the rookie card to own the Undertaker card you want. That being said, a lot of people are looking at the action-packed autograph card that came out in 1994 of The Undertaker. There's only 500 of those, and they're worse condition, very condition-sensitive. The autographs sometimes aren't the best, and they don't pop up as often as these Undertaker cards. So then, you know, I have to beg the question, if they're not popping up very much, if they're worth a lot more in value, like, which is the card to own? Personally, I own both, and I want to continue to own both. But if I was only to pick one, I'd have to go with the action-packed. And I talked about The Rock. So let's look at The Rock 1998 Comic Images cards and compare those. Okay, so they're supposed to be rookies, right? Pack pullable, 1998, first official year of WWF trading cards during the Attitude Era. Meanwhile, you've got 2020 Topps Chrome and all the variations of Chrome and Finest, you know, refractors, all the different color parallels, numbered stuff. You've got those outselling what many consider to be a type of rookie card of his so another again and you can you know we can use the same example for stone cold steve austin his 95 wcw main event card is considered a rookie by most and the 98 comic images or the 97 cardinal those are considered rookies yet a lot of his finest and chrome variations like a lot of those are picking up in value those aren't rookie cards they're way after his prime even he's not even wrestling anymore and you can't hardly find the finest short print from 2020 of his. So, again, there's no right or wrong here, I don't think. I'm just putting some perspective out there to compare. You know, it's not always about the rookie card. They are great to own. But in closing, I just want to say that rookie cards are a very important of wrestling card hobby and sports card hobby in general. They are much harder to determine in wrestling, though, than, say, basketball base prism rookies or tops baseball series one rookie. But with the ever-changing market of wrestling cards and what the market views as the rookie card to own, it's just so hard to pin down which one to buy unless you're just going to buy them all. So don't get too frustrated or wrapped up in what's the official rookie card to buy. And don't think you just need to start out with just buying rookie cards of those wrestlers. Take a look at some rare, limited, scarce stuff as well. Some legends in more modern sets, parallels, numbered cards, autographs, etc. And remember, just have fun. Ultimately, that's what the hobby is about. And if you aren't having fun, what's the point in even participating? Thank you guys for listening. I hope this show gave you some different perspectives on some ways of thinking towards rookie cards or just rare, scarce cards or just wrestling cards in general. If I brought you value on this podcast, 
Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to share this all over social media. You can tag me in it. Leave a review. And don't forget to check out my YouTube channel of the same name, Wrestling With Cards, for more great wrestling card content that you won't find necessarily on this podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you for the support. See ya. Thank you.